It is number nine. We remembered again. Look at that. Thank you, and welcome uh, back, everybody. Um, Three or four. Three or four. We're out here. We're almost done. Um, Not that we're waiting until the end, because I'm having a great time. We're all having a great time today. You guys are being a fantastic audience. The engagement has been incredible. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank everyone. Oh, great. I'm doing the thing again. Um, (laughs) I want to thank everyone again. Guys in the chat, you you get that, because this is what happens in production sometimes. Look at that. that. That's what production looks like right there. I want to remind you again for the clip watchers, like, subscribe, comment on this, share it with your friends. You can find us again here, obviously, on the YouTube at Salt of the Streets. We have our Instagram.com slash Salt of the Streets. Facebook, fuck Facebook.com slash Salt of the Streets. Patreon.com, Salt of the Streets. If you want to make help us make more and better content, you can find all this on saltofthestreets.com, including our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And I'm going to say this real quick interject and say that if you want to get part five of four of tonight's show ha 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 then you jump over to that patreon real quick make sure to subscribe at any tier and you will get that later tonight after we're done recording i will post it on patreon tonight so get over there be there or be squared that's right i was almost as good as your book one the other day almost sorry oh no no it's fine (laughs) um and I stand um, on the Patreon. We have yeah, we have the newsletter that drops on the last day of the month. We have the review preview that drops on the first day of the month. We have clips that drop every day on our Instagram. We have the newsletter. I just said that uh, the beer shows that drop on Fridays. If you need a haircut, swell blended. If you're in the local area, if you need a skateboard, go down a location, a skate shop, and get one. If you want to watch some video games, you can watch Colin's wife, Lexi Kayo, on Twitch. And if you need some cakes in the local area, you have leggings and aprons on Instagram. Uh-huh. I believe that, that is everything. So it's about to get dark. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. For segment number three, we are going to be talking about Russia and Ukraine. And Indeed. also a little bit Belarus and a little bit China. Mm-hmm. Um, so It's kind of the whole, it's almost like a global situation. It's almost, right? yeah. Almost, yeah. maybe. Hmm. Like a worldwide situation or something. Yeah, something. W- w- I don't know, weird. No good. So all of this obviously is very time specific. Very if much. If you're listening to this next week, things are going to change. They're going to be different. Things happened on our way here. I got a thing from Twitter as I pulled into Colin's driveway into the studio today that uh, Zelensky was meeting with a bunch of officials from the United States and Putin was meeting with the prime minister of Israel. So, yeah, I have some uh, things are changing all the time. I have some up to date stuff of right before we went to the show. Yeah. Some very late breaking stuff coming out of that Zelensky and uh, U.S. official meeting. There was like, uh, there were ceasefires announced yesterday that today Russia said they were going to end. So anything could happen at any time. So we're going to give kind of a brief timeline of the things that have happened since then. I have have one. Yeah, because it's, we did a small timeline last week. Yes. um, And then I tried to put that clip out this this last week that way it's relatively fresh coming into this so if you would like a kind of a precursor to the last kind of week or two of you know movements that we're going to cover here um go ahead and check out that clip right here on the youtube channel it'll be a great fill-in for you i think the day after we left here i think it was the 20 this was not the day after we left here but i think on the 22nd um russia officially recognized those two eastern portions of the ukraine yep. the two districts as sovereign nations yep. um and then obviously immediately started to enter into those two to those two sovereign areas because they're the pro-russian portions of the ukraine they were already of ukraine they're already pro-russian soldiers there there probably was already russian forces there 
the day after that, they made their official break into Ukraine from Belarus, from the two states that they recognized as sovereign nations, mm-hmm. and also from Crimea. Um, yep. So at this point, we're classic, like Belarus is on the the north, yeah. the two provinces were on the east, and then from Crimea on the south. A classic pincer-style movement in towards uh, Kiev, and <clears throat> we'll see you soon, Lenny. Thank you for joining us. Um, and then also, as Colin said, the push from the east in those two districts. I'm not sure what the names of them are. We would mispronounce them almost certainly. So I don't – I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but at this point I'm not going to linger too much on that fine detail. Uh, I, I always remember the Donbass, um, but I don't quite remember the, the other one. Yeah, because that's just the region. Like, yeah, the were, Donbass these are, region. Yeah, yeah, these are two actual, like, the states or districts or counties or whatever they are considered there yeah. that he recognized as sovereign nations. On the 26th, um, after two days of fighting and seemingly some success by Ukrainian army to repel and hold off the Russian forces, the U.S. gave an additional $350 million in military aid. And the 27th, Belarus officially joins Russia in the Ukrainian invasion. So that's when they are sending... Belarusian soldiers and forces in from Belarus along with the Russian soldiers. Um, on the 28th, Ukraine appeals to NATO for emergency admission. And NATO says Ukrainian addition is not on the docket. Uh, and Ukraine seems to be holding Russia. Russia has military supremacy. Why is this happening? So we'll come back to that. I'm going to run through the timeline, and then we'll hit some of these questions and stuff that I've written down here along the way. Okay. On the 28th, 12 Russian diplomats were expelled from the United States. The United States accused them of espionage, and so we expelled them. And um, that was the same day that China said that they were... Uh, I'm sorry, that's something else. Um... That was on the twenty, yep, the twenty third that they invaded. Last episode. Sorry, I did obviously didn't have these in the correct order. Um, and then I have the next day that I have is on the third of March, the largest Ukrainian city yet. Kherson had been taken officially by Russian forces, and that's in the south, correct? Yeah. On on the way from Crimea up there, yeah. um, there's reportedly there are people in bunkers throughout Ukraine because there's so much shelling going on. The shelling of Kiev has been going on for a week now, I think. Yep. Um, they're shelling other areas from outside of Ukraine, and yeah. Kharkiv is another big city that's over on yep. the east side that's being. Uh, essentially under siege right now there are food shortages that were starting to happen in ukraine there are utilities losses just simply from the infrastructure damage um at this point there were two thousand civilian deaths i'm not sure what the most up-to-date number is on that but that was on the third that was two days ago so i and i'll tell you that number changes depending on who you get it from yes it's very strange yes it's and like, i believe I, the numbers right now are so all over the place right on, on both sides it's 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 really hard to follow this thing man um on this day Russia had finally acknowledged that they had taken deaths, that they had mm-hmm. received casualties, and they had put the number at 490. Ukraine is saying it's several thousand. Yeah. There's no real way to know that. 490 is what Russia was willing to acknowledge had been killed in the fighting. Yeah. Um, Believe it or not, in times of war, most of the time, there are NGOs that will be the most reliable sources for right. casualty numbers. And even then, it's going to be hairy. And 490, I believe it took, not took, right, but it, the United States didn't have 490 casualties in the Afghanistan war for almost a year. Yeah. And so 490 people, even if it's only that, is an immense amount of losses on the Russian side in 10 days or whatever it is. Yeah. When the, the 23rd was the day Compared the, to the, the level they invaded. Of, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You know? And that's and that's just compared to the level that we're used to seeing over the last 20 years. But yes. this is nothing to what it could be. 
as we go forward. There are reports of logistical issues and supply issues on the Russian side, like food shortages. There's an enormous convoy that's supposedly stalled there. There are yeah. gas issues or something. Um, there are trucks that are being left on the side of the road. There are a lot of trucks whose tires are messed up because apparently they were stationed too long outside of the border before they moved. And so there are a lot of enormous trucks i was going there was reading a thread just yesterday of all these examples of russian trucks that mm -hmm. the tires were exploded because they were sitting for too long and they weren't driven enough and so improper care for their equipment is part of the reason um you gotta remember too it's march in russia right it's cold it's cold real um, cold there is every indication at this point that the intent of Russia is to intensify the siege on Kiev and on the surrounding cities. Yeah. So there's a 40-mile military convoy that is trying to work its way to Kiev. Um, so The southern front is moving closer to Kiev much faster than the northern front is. Yeah, and part of that is because they were able to establish themselves so, so much in Crimea and stage yeah. everything so much from there. Um, yeah. And also that's all their navies from there, so I imagine there's just a better supply line from the, yeah. from the Crimean front than from anywhere else. Well, and um, we might do this a little later, too. I might pull up the map, um, show Google Earth, right? You spend a lot of time. You hear this a lot when you talk about Ukraine now. As people refer to it as, like, Europe, Europe's breadbasket, stuff like that. So I got to looking, and there's a ton of farmland all over Ukraine. It's like a, it's mostly farmland. It's kind of like the U.S., right? It's called the breadbasket of Soviet, like... Of, I thought of it was breadbasket of Europe. There you go. Yeah. Mm. But, um, but it, it, it reminds me that... Or the tactic they're using is very is very reminiscent, I think, of like what most conflict, I think, is going to come to at this point, is they retreat to population centers where you can concentrate people, you have a controlled front, and that's why most of these things now are taking place in, like, this city or this city yeah. or this town. Because it's, it's all siege. You, If you don't have enough to form lines, you fall back to strong points, and that's what we're seeing at this point. And I think that's part of the reason why the southern front is pushing up so fast. There's not They've gotten past the most of the major cities and right. major points that way. And to your point, <clears throat> um, like, modern warfare is no longer... World War II, the last time we saw really anything like this, trench warfare still existed. They were still yeah. literally digging trenches in the ground, and that's where the lines were. This is where it stopped. Yeah, we just quit calling were... them trenches. We started calling them foxholes right. and things, but you'd they're... have a line of foxholes. Right. And now it's largely based on bases. You take a certain area, you build a base there, and then yep. it doesn't fall. So if there isn't large cities, if there isn't places you can fall mm -hmm. back to, like you said, you build one. Yeah, and like now right you control, outside of Kabul. Now you control this sector. You yep. have this area, this district that you have laid out, and you have control over this. You have patrols that are going to walk a certain area that are going to go or not walk, but you know, patrol yeah. a certain area um, and re do recon in that area to make sure that, that things are fine. Mm -hmm. So fine to whatever, but... It allows you to help maintain control over certain areas. Yes. You know? So it's just not as well defined or easily defined as it used to be yeah. the last time fighting like this happened in Europe. So, um, not that it couldn't develop into that. No. Um, no. Like if this went on, if this went full bore World War and there's, you know, a decisive NATO front, then you'd see a little bit of a, a mixture, I think. But like right now, Ukraine is just a tiny little. They're a tiny little nation trying to defend against the giant military might of a superpower. Right. So it's a more guerrilla tactic right off the bat. It's very American revolutionary, you know, massive armies from the British, guerrilla warfare of colonists. Yeah. It's, it's very similar style, which is part of the danger into how long this might go on, depending on what Russia does and how they handle it. It's also important to know before we move on that we don't know shit about shit. Mm -mm. Um, we are 
as always, two guys here to identify the situation. We're going to try and explore some of the nuances. Um, we're going to try and explain the situation a little bit. This is an extremely serious situation. It's very, very, very serious. Oh, yes. Um, and not that we're going to make light of it or anything like that, but... Um, if you're not black-pilled by the end of this, we've, I've, we've I've been, failed in my mission. <laughs> we've been wrong within the last two weeks. So I just yeah. don't want to present it like we know exactly what we're talking about or what's going to happen because all we can, all anybody can do is we can't express conjecture. That's yeah. all that anybody can do at this point is guess what's going to happen. So yeah. And we, we can't give too much of ourselves over to our, our normalcy bias is what you call that. Um, where you're just like, this could never happen, man. This hasn't happened in my lifetime. It's not right. going to happen again. Come on now. Well, well, yeah, we're, we'll develop that further, but just know that anything is possible. Yes. So let's, we'll run through these cards first, and then I have some, mm -hmm. some points here that I have written down. Um, do you think, are, are we at war? Uh, if you ask me, a hard yeah. If you ask me, As we're at United World States. War right now. Yeah. If you were to ask me. Um, I think the only difference right now is that, uh, and I don't know if it's going to happen. We could have a world war and never actually declare war against anybody. Right. We don't care anymore. Um, I but that do everything through UAMS. Yeah. I mean, we are sending taxpayer funded weapons, munitions, and aid to a nation that is directly under attack by another foreign nation. This is not, you're under attack from a group of, tribes or insurgents from within your own country you're not going through a civil war there's another nation taking out another nation this is a, a a it's a usurpation of uh, uh sovereignty of another nation right yeah. like and that that has not happened in the in the modern kind of like liberal democratic rule of the west era it isn't, you know, saying, you know, borders have been now, very, yeah. very defined now at this point. They've been very sacred. Um, and this is the first time we've seen like a modern day nation invade another modern nation. It's it's one thing when we're invading Afghanistan and Iraq and when the Russians are invading Afghanistan and, and Syria and like all these different things. It's, it's different there because we're. It's not superpowers going to you know at, right. going at each other proxy you know? wars it's and it's you know it's a couple layers in proxy wars you know we're funding some groups that fund other groups that fight the war you know it's like there's a couple layers of of you know separation there but this is straight up the entirety of the western nations sending military equipment right. and supplies and some populations are volunteering to go fight against another superpower this is a you're describing a world war. There are economic sanctions all over. We're, we're cutting them out of the banking system. They're looking for other forms of, of currency exchange. Other nations are saying that they won't take part in the sanctions. Yes. China has come out and said that they will resume or they will maintain normal economic uh, activity with Russia mm -hmm. as the United States sanctions happen. Yep. So and there the are people are declaring sides. India is doing the same India's thing. India is doing the same thing. Up. They're not messing around. And this is weird because India is also traditionally one of our more traditional allies right. in this type of situation. But uh, the Swiss have, for the first time in, like, modern comprehension, not declared neutrality. And they've come 
they've sided with the West. And now you have all sorts of nations asking to be part of the EU and to be part of NATO. And, you know, Finland's getting real concerned because they border Russia on the very northern side. I mean, everybody's starting to declare themselves aside. And if that isn't... Declaring a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of people declaring a lot of stuff. And it's highly uncomfortable. And I don't know how to describe that other than war. I don't care if we're, we haven't declared war against people we've been at war with for a very long time. Okay, right. this is not we how we do things war anymore. Iraq, Afghanistan. Yes, it's also why there's no argument. You know, people talk about like the the Hague now bringing up like war criminal charges against Putin. I'm like, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, dude. Yes. We're at we are. This is a war, man. This is not. I don't care if you don't understand how this works. If the, this nation. Russia has the power to do this, and the rest of the world right now is afraid. They're very afraid at going too far, too fast with this thing because they know how powerful Russia is. This is not. This is not good, man. Yeah, like this is exponentially more dangerous than any time throughout anybody that's been alive right now's history, except for maybe the the few hangers on from like you know World War Two era. Not me or them left, but like nobody else has lived through this shit. The Cold War concept is very, very different now because we can use nuclear weapons now as modernized nations in 2022 and not completely destroy the entire world. It's possible to do that. We have all sorts of different sophisticated tacular nuclear weapons and all this stuff now. It's not the 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 safety of mutually assured destruction does not necessarily exist anymore like it used to. So let's we'll talk about that and then because I have a question on that mm -hmm. um, and then we'll hit Zeke's comment here because I think oh, that's important. Um, the mutually assured destruction thing because mm -hmm. that's I'm having trouble getting on board with the fear of nuclear warfare and maybe I don't have a good enough understanding of what that would look like. Um, I, I'm I'm I am personally still under the understanding whatever you want to put it right mm -hmm. um that mutually assured destruction exists right because to me to think that to think that russia is going to launch a nuclear missile um either means that he doesn't believe in mutually assured destruction or he doesn't believe that we will retaliate or he just doesn't care putin i mean just doesn't care what happens and i just struggle to believe that mm -hmm. you know i i don't because he's not stupid you know no, vladimir putin no. is not stupid and no. so he he knows and especially because there are chernobyl is is right in his backyard you know yeah, they know they recently took it back so he, he knows what the dangers are of nuclear warfare mm -hmm. and so Wait, that was in in his heyday i'm definitely not trying to say like He's just posturing, you know, mm -hmm. but I just struggle to get myself to the point of like really thinking that there will be nuclear warfare. Okay. So my response to that would be like nuclear warfare nowadays doesn't necessarily mean like ICBMs, largest bomb in the world type of situation. That's the way all nuclear weapons used to be that, but now they're much smaller, much more, you know, we have tactical nuclear devices that can have like a, an effective blast range of like a tenth of a mile and radiation fallout of up to a mile or something like that. They're much more 
they can be much more y low yield, which makes me think that like, especially with how much propaganda is flowing right now and the inability to actually determine what's true and what's not. Obviously, a giant of all these videos of these giant explosions and stuff coming out right now, everybody's going to think are real when they see them. But also remember, we make movies about that kind of stuff every day. So I don't know. I'm just saying I wouldn't hold it past him to say, like, drop a, a small tactically, you know, small yield tactical nuke on a massive city through a small piece of artillery. Yeah. And take out, you know, like a couple blocks of a city all at once. And then he could probably get away with that for a while until the world decides like that actually is proven what happened before anybody does anything. And, it, and if it's something that I don't want to say like that small, but when you think of a nuclear blast, man, you think of that island, the island tests and shit right, like that, mush, right. you know, and yeah, it's going to be big. But I would say, I guess I'm just more concerned that we have the capability to get into nuclear conflict without going as big as everybody might traditionally think nuclear conflict would go. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not going to launch all the ICBMs all around the world because, you know, the tip of Manhattan got destroyed. Like we might, Manhattan would be a bad idea. Let's just say over in Ukraine, like if Odessa, if a few blocks in Odessa got wiped out and we spent a week arguing about whether or not that's true or Russian propaganda or whatever. And then we find out it is true. Like the ICBMs aren't going to be flying in between now and then. Um, and to your point, that would when, be my guess. Anyways. Well, and to your point of, of people not knowing, um, I, I don't have a good enough understanding. I'm realizing this now, so I need to do more research. I don't have a good enough understanding of modern nuclear arms to – because to me, that's what I'm thinking. If you know mm -hmm. that they launched a nuclear missile, because it has to be – I don't know, right? I, I would assume if you launch a nuclear missile weapon, you would know about it, right? Someone would know about mm -hmm. it. But that's – is that only if it's in if it's an ICBM? Like, I, I don't – Yeah, like if know, it's a like a, a nuclear could, missile launch, launch – a small nuclear weapon and – like out of and, a out of a submarine or something that too i'm just saying you could have a shell that is looks like a giant artillery shell yeah brought over to a howitzer and oh, shot okay. and okay. then boom that's a it's a nuclear device oh, now okay. they're not all just missiles necessarily right you know, suitcase right. nukes and shit right you know you get some russian agent walking in downtown Kiev or whatever and it's got a briefcase with a nuclear bomb in it and drops it and then next thing you know boom ha this entire two blocks of this city go up okay. and disappear so okay so what i was going to say to your point of mm -hmm. people not knowing right during the the syrian civil war yes right russia was the one that were deploying chemical weapons and the entire time the united states was saying it's assad it's assad it's assad but mm -hmm. it wasn't and we yeah. now have i mean proof upon proof upon proof that it wasn't him that it was the russian yeah. shout out tulsi so exactly so to your point um they're obviously pretty good at, I don't know, I'm not, they're good at, but they have the ability to hide shit and make it look like someone else was doing it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, okay, so let's address Zeke's comments. So yeah. we'll scroll up a little bit on there, right? Okay, so we um, said, I wouldn't put too much stake in Russia continuing to fight for a long period of time. Russia has a more fragile economy than most people realize. That's why a majority of the forces in forces fighting in country in ukraine are from belarus the majority of russia uh, russian power hasn't been used yet at all and i don't think mm. I, I definitely we aren't arguing that the majority of russia's power has been used i mean 
uh, I'm struggling to understand what you mean by them coming from Belarus because they're coming from three different fronts. Certainly the ones coming from Belarus are from there, but there, there are there are three different fronts to this invasion into yeah. Ukraine. So they couldn't all be coming from Belarus. Yeah, I mean, if, um, if Moldova was a Russian puppet state like Belarus is, they'd be coming in also from Moldova. Like, that's the way it would go. The only reason they're not coming in from... Yeah, they don't really have another entrance into Ukraine just through those states. But it sounds to me like he's saying that they're not the ones from Belarus are certainly they're not all Russian forces, but no. Belarus hadn't officially even. They didn't officially declare war or they didn't. I don't think they've actually officially declared their siding. But they've joined the invasion. Yes, they have officially joined have. the invasion, but it was like two days after the Russians had already invaded into Ukraine. Yeah, it was so they kind of once they, they slowed couldn't up. all be Belarusian forces. No. And a lot of the yeah, because I remember seeing the videos of. Of the Russian tanks through supposed Belarus, like a couple days before the actual invasion took place, too. So, like, I don't They've know how mounting much... forces there for months. They've been mounting forces on the border of Ukraine for months. Yes. I don't understand. The, and that's the argument that they're all from Belarus. There's obviously Russian forces. There are Russian soldiers being killed. I mean, there are. I, I would say this real quick. I would argue the fact that the difference between a Belarusian soldier and a Russian soldier are almost non-existent. The relationship that Belarus has with Russia is a puppet state is a puppet state. They literally are the same forces. So even if they were or if they if they were Russian soldiers, or if they were Belarusian soldiers. Right. Doesn't really matter. The exique is getting any of us. We have not yeah. yet started to talk about the economy and we have not mm -hmm. yet gotten into questions about Ukrainian or about Russian forces. Right. So that was we'll one get of there. The, it's one of the next points that I was yep. going to make. Right. Is um, we have seen some of these logistical issues, right? We mm -hmm. have seen the f convoy that's being held up. It's 40 mile convoy. There are, you know, mm -hmm. debate as to what the issue is. We've seen enormous amounts of death coming from the Russian forces. We know that the Russian Federation has an enormous military. We know of their military might. So yeah. my only question would to that effect would be why this is happening the way that it's happening. I'm not sure. Why well, like the limited warfare version? If or whether, yes, because... Would you I, refer to this as limited warfare on Russia's part, um, in your perspective? Certainly, because they could have... I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's uh, tough. I'm going to say I don't know, yeah. right? But all it's these tough. logistical issues and all of this bullshit, there's like a huge amount of conscripts that are reportedly being sent in from from the Russian side, you know? Yeah. That there are people that they picked up and forced to go there. And so and that's, also might they also went. I'm not, I'm not taking, you know, any of their responsibility away. You don't yeah. have to fucking kill civilians, right? Yeah. So, but the issues that they are running into, the amount of resistance that is being put up that they're unable, to the extent thus far, unable to overcome, mm -hmm. right? The issues with the convoy, the issues with feeding their own people, with putting fuel in their own trucks, how... Is it, I don't know if they underestimated the Ukrainians, because that seems silly. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they underestimated the support they would get from the West, because that also seems silly. Yeah. I don't know if he overestimated his own forces, because that also seems silly. Um, That's what doesn't make sense about this to me. Um, when you look at, like, the... We could guess for days about what the what why Ukraine is still a, a, a sovereign nation. We could we could ask all day why that is the case. Why hasn't Russia done this? Because I'm pretty sure we both agree that if they wanted to, they could have taken it by now. Yes. Right. But 
we'll probably never know why they didn't when I think that they probably could have. Unless, you know, we can we could guess all day. We could we can pontificate all day onto the possibilities why, but I mean, at the end of the day, Ukraine still is a sovereign nation to this day. They the president talked to our congress this morning. I mean, and there's a reason that there's a reason that's the case. And I don't know what it is. It's it's probably just the fact that if it went harder, maybe the Western response would have been harder, too. Like, if it would have been right. more severe, maybe this is what, when Joe Biden was talking before this happened, he said, well, it depends on what kind of, you know, invasion it is. If it's a minor incursion, do you call this a minor incursion? I mean, it seems pretty heated, but it's also, I'm left asking the question, why hasn't Russia, why didn't they take over the entire Ukraine like they did in Crimea, where they just showed right. up one day, all undercover, in disguise, and then they all took their disguises off. We're here. They kill a bunch of people, arrest a bunch of people, take over the government, and they're done. It's over. And my understanding of they that— They could. Well, first let me say this. Mm -hmm. Maybe our question is to Zeke's point, right? His third statement mm -hmm. is, long story short, fellas, we're obviously being baited into conflict. I, yeah. So maybe that is—our question is to his point, that he's doing this to bait— as many countries as he can, Putin, right, is doing this to bait as many countries as he can into the World War conflict to get mm -hmm. to get a, a best of view as possible of what the sides are going to be. Give it time for nations to decide whose side they're on. Yes. For the nations, yeah, to, and to then, choose the side. And then when you know the logistical and realistic possibility of winning that conflict, then you decide, do I just push on through and take Ukraine and stop? Or do I keep going? Do I do like you? Do I start using a little bit of miniature nuclear weapons? Do I start ex doing more mm -hmm. uh, chemical weapons? There are reports and videos of them using cluster munitions. You know, within cities, anybody doesn't know what that yeah. is. It's one bomb breaks up into a bunch of bombs. Usually kills a lot of civilians. That's why they're not uh, like I believe Geneva Kitchens. Like they're not used, but Russia don't give a fuck. So it's that may war be for a reason. yeah. So that may be to Zeke's point that. Um, the reason that it is limited is to see, give it time to yeah for people give it to time pick to a side and see what the beer is going to taste like before you decide if you want to yeah. sell it or keep it for yourself. And, ooh, interesting. Let it ferment and see what the beer tastes like. No, yeah. I like. I think that's a good. I mean, that's a good possibility, especially because we know, you know. But the, he's what seventy years old, uh, Vladimir almost. Putin, almost seventy. Like, there's obviously wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him to maybe be slipping a little bit or even get desperate or something like that. You never know. I like, can see The possibility maybe. exists. It's certainly not zero. But there seems to be easier motivations to find than rely on senility or, you know, the Biden problem. Yeah. You know, he's not Biden. He's not that old. You know, he's a very, he's a very spry-looking 70-year-old. Um so I don't know. He just it doesn't seem doesn't seem this stupid. He's this is all seems like it has to be planned of some kind. I mean what it's Ukraine, man. Yeah. They they have no problem taking that thing. They're just gauging if I'm just gonna I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, if they're engaging in the manner they're engaging now, it's just so they they try not to draw too 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 much attention. If they if they don't break the speed limit and only do 10 miles an hour all the way till they take the capitals and take everything, then 
nobody will say anything. If they do it too fast, the NATO's going to get too scared and they're going to somebody's going to screw up and you know, there'll be some damn foolish incident in one of the Balkan states and then boom, it's all official. But I don't right. know. Like I said earlier, I I'm you can't convince me right now that it's not World War 3 already. In the the modern day context that we wage war, yeah. they don't need to get American approval to go to war. It, they no, really don't anymore. I think that the West largely, at least in the media, largely overestimates how much Vladimir Putin gives a fuck what anybody thinks about him. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, especially with the sanctions and stuff like that, and we're going to keep talking about it, and we're going to call out his actions before he can do them so people know about it. I don't think he, I think they're still waiting for him to be like, oh, wait. Now no one's going to want to do business with me, you know? And I, he doesn't care. He doesn't I really care, don't man. don't think that he cares. Nope. And I don't I think he cares. I think that that speaks to a simplistic view that people have of Vladimir Putin. That yeah. I told you a conversation with Brian, right? He's, like, He's a nationalist. He's just a nationalist, you know? He's I think not that's a fucking a, Dr. Evil, man. He's not a cartoon villain. No, no. I if think you treat him a, like that, he's going to ruin your day. And that's what my concern is, is... Yep. is underestimating him you know and i don't think that don't make him a caricature yeah and i don't think that like people in the government are necessarily doing that but certainly the american people you know they're oh, he's just a national he's just trying to s spread it around you know the russia yeah. and i think it just it's more complicated than that and i think yeah. um even not on a policy standpoint i'm just trying to understand the issue if that's how you're viewing vladimir putin or viewing this issue is just oh this is just a old soviet expansion like you're never going to truly understand what's going on and i'm not yeah. saying i truly understand it but i definitely have a better understanding than someone who still views putin as just a nationalist and he's just trying to expand russia you yeah. know like that's not not a good way to be looking at this conflict yeah. you know especially as like you said it starts to expand or has expanded into a global warfare into world war that's an ignorant ass view to be taken on vladimir putin or the motivations that that country has for doing what they're doing you know yeah yeah it's not good man the um the concept that i hear this a lot from you know like almost the more shapiro -y crowds you know the more classically conservative neocons stuff like that you know putin wants to reconstitute the the ussr the soviet union he right. wants to do that and all that that's the i don't give that concept much merit i don't i don't think that that's i don't think vladimir putin has any interest in that and i think maybe a little bit maybe but a not little a, bit not enough to motivate this no you know but then you also have the other side of it is not just the communist aspect but okay okay well what about no the the czars and the czarinas the the russian empire days of glory and things like that back when they still owned alaska matter of fact like that era yeah uh, you know when uh, when when the queen of england and the czar of russia were cousins that type of era i think that has a little bit more weight but even then in the modern world even even taking into account the difference between like eastern and western worlds you know the, the different the structural differences vladimir putin has way more power and control throughout the entire world today in our current system than he ever would trying to revert to one of those older systems like that or bring in that form right. of power. It's like, that's not, it doesn't make sense at the end of the day. He's, he's one of the most powerful people on the face of the planet today, right now. It's the reason the whole world's getting into the shit right. right now. Why would he risk that? Yeah. Just to expand the He knows the what Russian he is. Empire. Yeah, he and knows I'm, what he is. And I don't, 
I still, I don't quite understand. Like, I, I have a feeling I know. I have a feeling I like a theory of why he's doing what he's doing. I like one of the theories behind it. Well, before you explain it, we should nope. say Putin's explanation of why he's doing it is to denazify Ukraine. <laughs> yes. Right? Among other things, he said that there, yeah. are, there, are, there are fucking Nazis in every country. As weird yeah. as it is, weird as it may seem, Nazis aren't everybody, everybody can be racist. Word. So there, there are Nazis in Ukraine, just as there are Nazis in Russia, and yeah. there are Nazis in America. There are Nazis in Canada. Yes. There are Nazis everywhere where there are white people that are there to be white supremacists. Is it called the white or the asshole? I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. So that was part of his justification is we're going to denazify Ukraine, and that's why we need to uh, invade them. But because um, I learned a lot about that Azov Battalion, Azov Battalion. the Azov Battalion from Majinois. Um, because there are some, and when they he was are on there the IRL, fighting. They are there fighting. They are there fighting. They do happening. exist. There is a there is a literal Nazi battalion that is in the regular Ukrainian army, and they are fighting, and they are being all fucked up. Yeah. They are indeed. Um, there's a video that they talked about on uh, the IRL podcast. Easy, take down the whole studio. About like uh, these Azov soldiers rubbing their you, their their bullet tips you know the rounds the end of the round in pork fat before they went to go fight right it's a video i saw the video they yeah. played it on the show and that was to illustrate the point of like you know why why is it that we as americans can't comprehend um putin's concept of denazification right because we have a different concept of what Nazis are. We are Nazis compared to a lot of people in America, right? right? It's a whole deal, right? These are actual Nazis. So much so that, like, it's not a white people, white people thing. No. The way these, this Azov battalion, these people see Ukraine and the Ukrainians as the last bastion of European whiteness. Russia is part of Asia. They right. see Russians as Asians. Hence, the racial divide and the, like the true Nazism and how you could have like a white on white conflict right. with it and still be an actual card carrying fucking Nazi with tattoos and shit. So that's, it was, it was a fascinating concept that that right. still existed anyways, but. And it speaks, it speaks more to, I'm, it's I'm not it, trying it's, to idealize Vladimir Putin, right? I'm trying mm -hmm. to impress on people that this is, it's so not simple. It's so complicated. Mm -hmm. It speaks to the complexity of Vladimir Putin yes. and that he believes what he is doing. Yeah. Right. And that he believes in what he's doing, whatever the reason is, he yeah. actually believes in it. Mm -hmm. He genuinely believes in that. Yeah. And whatever the concept of denazification makes sense to a lot of Russian people. We are not that it doesn't the way when he says that oh it doesn't God. make sense to us. Is that the that IPA? That is so good. It's, this yeah, is the tall, the, yeah, the tall yeah. hold. The show it off. Show it off. Show it off. Show it off. There it is. This Shout is, out. Oh Western Red Brewing. The tall this, hold pale ale. This pale ale is fucking delicious. Sorry. I just, I have a little bad news. It's the last one. Mm. I, was, I was saving that one particularly for you. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. I'm so oh glad you like God, it. Oh, God, that's good. <laughs> I love that. Good. Good. It's. It's one of the best pale ales I've found. Just enough hops. That's an instant. But a favorite, nice like, maltiness. You can grab a six pack at the hands grill on your way out. That's if a top, you want. That's it's, a top fiver. It's pretty fantastic. Eleven ninety nine for a six pack. Good. That's good. Mm hmm. Yes. Score.
Sorry. <sighs> Anyways, we were. We were. Yeah. But the fact is, sorry to. Uh, What's your to theory? wrap it yes. up? Well, no, I'll get to the theory in right, a second. Right, right. But to wrap up that aspect of it, right? When Russia talks about denazification and as an excuse for invasion, means it sounds completely ridiculous to us. And it is completely ridiculous, but it plays back home better than it plays in America. Our perspective right. on this cannot be the same because we have a different worldview altogether. Um, yeah, word. So that's my thing about it. I learned no, a lot I'm about the Nazi that, people yeah, this week because, sense. yeah, if you haven't watched that Majin Nuwaz episode, by the way, throw that in queue for this week because it is a great episode. Maj is, is awesome. Um, so, yeah, the uh, my why is Russia doing this? I have a theory. Yeah, the theory right? that you... Because I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I'm, I've not given... There hasn't been enough time for me to learn about enough shit to try and contextualize it enough mm-hmm. to really understand why this. Would it... Would it make you... Okay, so for context... Does it make me Randy? Is that what you're going to ask does me? Does it make you Randy, <laughs> baby? <laughs> I wish Sorry. I knew more like Austin Power one-liners. Um, I, watched, I watched one of those a couple weeks ago, so um the it gets kind of uncomfortable when we talk about this right? um make me uncomfortable <laughs> klaus, uh, the klaus schwab think about klaus schwab okay. in the world economic forum yeah yeah new right? world order right new world order and you remember the, the ukrainian you remember the ukrainian pm that uh the video the viral video came out i don't remember if we talked about it last episode or not she what she put out a TikTok or a social media video with her standing in her um or no this was an interview the, the first one she was standing in her her like apartment with an ak-47 oh the a, picture PM, yeah, yeah. Right? okay so we but saw the picture yeah we saw the apartment. picture yes and then later on she was on an interview with somebody and she said you know part of the reason is because we have to we have to fight for this new world economic order oh, you God. know what i mean like <laughs> oh, God. The, the world western economic order i can't remember the exact oh, verbiage of it but it was it was the new world order right and that was <laughs> that she said that right now the conspiracy people went nuts right because yeah, sure. they go this is it we're on russia's side now guys oh no oh god oh word oh god like, within people i know personally that happened because oh, no. because you know how devoted those people are against the world next even because they're Right. Pedophile bloodsuckers of children. And, and shit, we're right? we're no friends but, of the New World Order. No, we are but, not. But to a Ukrainian a Ukrainian prime minister that refers to the liberal the member new of parliament. Member of parliament, sorry. Um just so that no one's fucking yes. you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. To somebody that's not in the EU, that is not part of our new world order. Right. You know, that's part of the globalized network of trade. And, you know, the EU, NATO nations, and, and, the, and the Americas have a very different relationship with each other and a different worldview completely than the East does, than Russia does. Russian, they don't have the same worldview. They don't necessarily believe right. in globalization and things like that. There's, there's a reason why they're not a massive trade partner of the West, other than like a few things, like oil and energy and the important shit that actually matters if they cut you off. Shit that everybody needs. Word. We're not 
buying a bunch of knickknacks and bullshit from Russia right. all the time. Yeah. Right? We're, not, we're not buying the cheap <laughs> Chinese knockoffs. There's none of those. No. That's and it, I mean, it sounds funny, right? But it's real. We don't do that. They don't yeah, rely cheap, on the West. Wild, no <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. <laughs> I want some Estonia. Actually, Estonia is part of NATO. Shit, I forgot about that. But give me um, some Russian knockoffs. I want them. Word, right? Yeah, some right. of those those dolls that get smaller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they see this as something that will eventually come down to. It's very similar to the communism situation communism was that fight because the the west was trying to kill communism now he sees the west that's trying to kill his way of life which he sees as the way it used to be here word word he wants to be in charge of his nation he wants his and his oligarchs and his system of governance to maintain their way of life you don't want a world order you want he, a Russian he doesn't order. he doesn't give a shit he doesn't want yeah. to care about what Germany says he should do back home. It's my contention with the EU too. Right. And like, he this even, is where it gets uncomfortable because I don't disagree with them. And he doesn't even want to necessarily expand Russia. He wants to have a buffer around Russia that but the new that world is order bullshit. can't reach him. That's bullshit because right. he, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania already border Russia and Belarus. Turkey. Right? And yes. then in between all three of those, he's got that tiny little pimple of Russian sovereign land that is called... Uh, 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 shit. I'm going to have to look at it real quick. It You're borders um, Kaliningrad. Kaliningrad okay. borders. It's stuck... Oh, shit. I'm going to have to pull it up on the thing. I'll, pull, I'll it. pull it up here in a second. Um, Kaliningrad is this tiny little... Let's go big wide shot. Tiny little, uh, you know, it's a piece of Russia okay. stuck between three other countries it's that has island. a nice, um, you know, let's go to Google Maps. Here, you know what? We're going to go over here. We're going to hit the magic five button. And now you guys are navigating with me. Here we go. We're going to go here. Uh, we're going to zoom out <laughs> okay, so real quick for fuck's sakes. <laughs> We've talked about this before. <laughs> Jesus. We're, that's all right. We're lucky enough. This little sliver right here. Oh. See that? That's right there. That's Russia? Okay. Here's here's Russia proper. Here's Ukraine. You see the problem. Ukraine's pretty big. Belarus, Russian puppet state. Consider Belarus part of Russia. Now, you also have Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia. Right on the border. So Bo all three are NATO nations. In between Poland, Poland. and Lithuania right yes. there is a little piece of Russia. This is a little piece of Russia. Look, you go to Kaliningrad. No fucking shit. Russia. It is part of Russia. This is Russian sovereign land. The other day, we had an issue with Sweden. Sweden. Um, shit, I got to go back. So they, violated, uh, they, they said they violated airspace. This is the island right there. Jutland. I think it's, it's, I think it's pronounced Jutland. Okay. Um, but they violated Swedish airspace because they left from Kaliningrad and fucked with their airspace over here. I want to show you something, Donovan. You see this? You see how fucking far away right. this is? 50 miles. 50 miles. 50 miles. You know what else? I mean, I'm pretty sure this is Russian right here. Hey, look. Hey, look. This is Russia right there. You know what that is? That's Japan. Oh. Sapporo. Ooh. Okay? Ooh, that's very close. It's very close. And it's real close to China and North Korea. It's kind of a fucked up place to be if you're them. Russia's so big, bro. So How do you end up with such a big country? That's what I'm saying. 
Like that's such an enormous. I don't know. Well, it's because a lot of it is uninhabitable. Let's just let's put it that way. Just frozen and shit. Right. It's a whole. It's a whole deal. That makes sense. Um, because there. But that's what we're talking about, man. Live in Russia, right? No. How many people live in Russia? What's the population of Russia? Uh, Let's see, Russia. Population. More or less than America. It's definitely going to be less. Really? Yeah. Population. There's only like 330 million in America, right? What, what, I ty- oh, I'm in map. Of course, I'm not going to get a good search result map, you know. It goes, hey, here's Russian population. About? What do you want? Here's a bunch of Russian places. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow, half of America. 144 no million of, as of 2020. Yeah. Real talk, bro. <laughs> it all kind of starts to feel weird when you know about all these little details right okay and i don't say this to promote any type of idea this is just the first thing i thought when you said <laughs> oh, that how does america not stomp a russian dick in the dirt like what is that about uh it's also important to remember though dated russia has the most nuclear weapons out of right, okay. everybody put together it's the most sure destruction thing yeah it's if you try and stomp our dick in the dirt yeah we go nuke you okay. indeed okay so right. you know so that's i think that's my theory um, behind why they're doing this is because he sees it as he's threatened culturally. It's it's not only will he not be in power, he'll probably live and die still under power. But if he wants his Russian heritage and his, and their way of life to continue, he has to stop this. And mm-hmm. I can, it, like, I disagree with how you're doing it. Right? It would be nice to have like a big liberal conversation and debate about the eth- you know the ethics and the you know, the, the right and wrongs of various ideologies and have a, a general <laughs> liberal ideology where nations can kind of do some fuckery, but at the end of the day, we all agree to leave each other alone. And you mean truly liberal, not yes. in the way that the conservatives like to say liberal. Yes, not that way. Truly, actually liberty-minded. Yeah, that's my, that's my theory on why he's doing it. I don't agree with it, but that's what I think it's... Hmm. And I think it's understandable. You know? I, to that. You I know, think... it, it makes sense for... An empire to have an excuse to go to war. It, it it makes sense. The only thing I broke it down to when I was talking to Brian, uh-huh. right? All, all I can really do, because I don't know that much about the background of it, is like reactionary things. You know, mm-hmm. the things that Vladimir Putin is saying. I know for a fact, NATO has expanded. We're oh, yeah. we're doling out money all over the place, right? Yep. So. We're literally buying weapons that they're fighting you, against right now. And if you try and put yourself in the in the mind of Vladimir Putin, right? And we are talking about it last weekend at the condo. And we're thinking about the same deal as people who, who are against abortion, right? You have to consider they actually, they really believe what they're saying. They're not saying it because they want something else. They actually believe it, right? Yep. So if Vladimir Putin does really feel like his way of life is being threatened, right? On an economical fashion, on a global government fashion and also tell me it's not and then you're all he's also actively seeing the expansion of nato right Mm -hmm. eastward and literally on his borders and when you talk about ukraine specifically we talked about this a little bit last week right it was before the two areas were declared sovereign it was pretty split on whether or not people they actually wanted to be part of nato you know there's been talks for years and years and years and they're not part of nato anymore putin and russian colonialism is to acquire more land mass is obvious. I think that's definitely part of it. I think it's part yeah, of it. I mean, right? it makes sense. I think it's part of it. It used to be what so, we did. We took shit from each other. So in my opinion, right, if NATO wanted Ukraine to be part of NATO, it mm. would have happened by now. It would have happened by now. Yeah, they don't want you that. Know? 
and because that means problems. They don't want that. Problems. I got ninety nine problems, and Ukraine ain't one. So let's so keep it when, that way. So when the the talks happen, the peace talks between peace talks, you know, the negotiations between the United States and Russia, and the United States is completely unwilling to say we won't admit Ukraine to NATO, even though right now they're saying we're that's not on the agenda for us to add Ukraine to NATO, mm-hmm. even while we're supporting them militarily, financially, right? This is happening. Putin is going to see that and say, why, why not? You know, it, it, there's no no give at all, you know, no. on his on from his perspective. And so why why would why would he do anything else? Mm-hmm. You know, if this is concerned, why would he do anything else? What other choice does he have? And I'm not like he couldn't do anything else, but he's already been amassing soldiers on the border. The forces are there. It's already happened. Was he going to just go home now? No. Yeah. He's not going to just go home now, just take everyone and go home. No. That's not how it's going to work, you know, especially if he's not going to get any capitulation for at all from any of the Western mm-hmm. nations. He's going to just go for it. He's like, this is what I'm preparing for, so I'm just going to go for yeah. it. So I will say this, though. Like, if if he was to amass his forces on the borders like he did, and then if he was to back down and just pull everybody back, and then he goes, hey, we were just doing a training exercise. He did that once before. And then never fully pulled everybody back and then came back with more people, right? We remember seeing that. Now, that, he still has the option to make something up and not take an ego hit and and pull back and not do anything and not engage. The minute he crossed that line to actually engage, he committed. And he can't go back with nothing. Right. Like, he won't go back with nothing. That's He's not going to take an L. He's, uh, at least at this point, He's nowhere near exhausted enough that he would take an L. There's so much more left in the chamber for him to keep on firing. So he, there's no, there's no way now, unless the West gives him an excuse for a W, there's no way he's done yet. Right. And that's, it's not going to stop. Um, so let's go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to bring this up. Yes. Uh, this was from this morning. Okay. Uh, when I woke up, there's an article from The Hill. Um, And I'm just going to read it here. I took some screenshots. Um, The Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky participated in a call with a bipartisan group of more than 280 members of Congress on Saturday morning. This was this morning. During which the lawmaker said he laid out ways the U.S. could help his country fight against Russia. Over Zoom, Zelensky requested additional airplanes. Over Zoom. A, yeah, this was over Zoom. <laughs> That's just funny to hear. Yeah, <laughs> over China. Zoom is uh, hosting yeah, right. fucking international <laughs> peace talks. And that's just hilarious. So anyway, <laughs> yes, over, yes, they've, they've okay. So they've requested awesome. additional airplanes, a stoppage of oil purchases from Russia, and the establishment of a no-fly zone over Ukrainian airspace. So he's asking for all the things that the West cannot give, except for airplanes. Yes. The only thing we can give him is more airplanes. We cannot stop buying oil from Russia. We cannot do that. We doubled our oil, our crude oil purchases while this was happening Yeah. from Russia, right? That was a thing that happened, and we, it's still happening. Um, again, we don't need to, but Biden made it so we had to. And on top of that, the no-fly zone— that means direct military confrontation has to be with enforced. Russia. It has to be enforced. Yes. You can't just declare a no-fly zone and Russia's going to say, oh, shit, okay. you got to start shooting planes yeah. down. You have to have a presence there to enforce yeah. the no-fly zone. So the point of that, there's... That means actual war. This is like the... 
Yes, this is the war hawkery that we were talking about earlier yeah. from the conservatives, that from the Republicans that are like, we need to establish a no-fly zone. Yep. To a to a lesser extent, I was and still kind of am viewing the talk about nuclear warfare as like softened war hawkery. You know, like yeah. you're threatening nuclear warfare. You're like, if we don't get involved, if if nothing, yeah. if someone doesn't do something, then there's going to be nukes at hand. You know, yeah. which to me the only logical conclusion from that point is like so we need to intervene mm-hmm. is what you're saying like and to add to your point right part of me talking about that and 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 yeah and and noting I don't mean just you I noting don't, I don't the you, added but... possibilities let's just put it this way because during the cold war there was a certain possibility that nuclear catastrophe could occur right the only point being that in today's world the likelihood the chance of using a nuclear weapon of some kind is exponentially greater than it used to be. That's the only thing. And I still, too, like... Because the scale can be lower than it was at that time. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's going to be noted that somebody crossed, you know, that they crossed the line. Right. And then things will escalate to whatever the next plateau is, and I don't want to know what that is. So I, I don't know like, if it's going to yeah. happen, but the possibility is certainly greater than it used to be. So... With that being said, I still don't think he's going to use them, at least not now. So under the assumption that it's not going to, we can keep wrestling with it because I don't think he's that desperate yet. Yeah. But breaking points, you know, they're making they're like they're making it seem like it's going to happen any day. Like they could launch a nuke at any moment. Wait, wait and the then, leftist you know, podcast well, thinks even, that we should go to war with Ukraine or well, with Russia. They'll even say they're like they're like, you know, it's not even even if it's only a 1% chance, you know, 1% is still a lot. You're like, this is very serious. It's oh, like the chance to go to... To go to nuclear okay, warfare, okay, okay. of nuclear warfare, of yeah. them launching a nuke, you know? I don't want to, like, uh, label them as something if... No, I'm being hyperbolic, no. so... And they're not... They definitely aren't in favor of warfare. I don't... I thought they were the, very anti-war. The trouble that I've been having with them is that they aren't posing any type of anything. There is no solution on their end. It's just, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Okay. Which, I agree with, but you can't. You just can't do nothing. You know, <clears throat> even even if your strategy is we aren't going to have any role in this at all, that's not doing nothing. That's excluding yourself. That's choosing to separate yourself from the situation. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but that's that is a possible solution if that's what the argument is. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they will expand on it like it is very very likely and could happen at any moment and mm-hmm. then say even if it's only a one percent chance you know we need to take it very seriously and so it's a, a small part of the rhetoric that minimizes the chance or i don't think even minimizes i think makes realistic the chance the possibility of nuclear warfare mm-hmm. because i just struggle to not to go back to it too much but gotta imagine if forces on the ground someone's got a geiger counter because they know that Russia has nukes, you know? If if what you're saying is true about the potential of, like, very minimal nuclear warfare and things like that, then someone has got to have a Geiger counter. And if they see something that they think looks like it might have been a nuke, they're going to start waving it around. And oh, within, yeah, yeah, Within yeah. 24 hours, we're going to know they definitely launched something over there, even if we didn't know at the time. We're going to know that somebody that has an affiliation to one side or the other says that there was nuclear weapons used or not. That's my, and that's ultimately my problem with it is that the, you can't trust anybody fully as far as information. No, man, this is the, like, you got to recognize that this is the first time this level of warfare is happening in our generation. Right. And our, the fact that in our information universe that we live in now, 
like we colloquially say, you know, in the age of social media or whatever, but it's bigger than that. It's fucking Zoom calls. You know, he doesn't have to fly over here to beg for the United States. He just hops on the Chinese-sponsored Zoom, and then, hey, there you go. He probably still has, like, uh, the camouflage pants on or green pants on, but just a, a suit top, you know? Yeah. The problem was is when they reached back in the vault and pulled the picture of him in the fatigues from, like, two years ago. God, I like, know. he had to dress that same way now yeah. again, which I would hope is just the standard ukrainian presidential military dress because then it would be easier to follow but hey you know whatever but that's the thing and i don't i don't fault them at all for doing that like i understand how propaganda works but i also understand that on the internet when it comes to like little videos and pictures and i watched the i watched a video yes or this morning of a russian gunship getting fucking surface to air missiled down to the ground and crashing in a fucking field oh, no shit. like it, i just saw it <laughs> just watched it on youtube this morning i don't know if that was i don't know where that came from i don't know that i'm at, assuming that it's from the conflict i don't know that at the end of this segment um mm -hmm. before we break i'm gonna share some instagram pages of dudes that i have very serious confidence are on the ground there and so if people are interested in some mm -hmm first-hand accounts of what's happening um one of them i don't know his name he, he was he's a guy that used to run the account for forward observations and i've sent you some of their shit before they do like military documentaries like these guys yeah. are this particular dude is it seems to be a contractor of some type um but he's there's no doubt that he's legitimate he he is he did go to poland he is in ukraine mm -hmm. he and so and ain't the, that the problem man so the accounts like, that i'm gonna share are his and then some that he has said these are yeah. other people i am with it's, over here that's called trusted sources yes right and that's really what that comes down to is you're kind of doing some journalism -y type stuff by finding a trusted source you believe is is honest and trustworthy and it does yeah. and is obviously in the ground because of the nature of that of that communications that yeah and it's the, not it's not the, the 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 video you're getting from the mainstream media and it's like I want to break that apart too, because cable news mainstream media is doing a totally different thing right now than like what the corporate rest of press. the corporate press yeah. is doing, and it's all bad, and so it's hard to weed through. Some of it's true, some of it's not. But when you're getting those first, when you find people that are actually on the ground, like I got a couple of Twitter people that are doing that, but it's mostly tech stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know who they are through someone else that you trust, and they know someone. You know, it's a weird thing about sources and methods and shit. Yeah, but no, I'll pull up some of it's their a thing. shit, um, and I'll share some of those pages mm -hmm. at the end of this segment, so that if you guys want to go on Instagram and get some, what I personally feel are legitimate firsthand accounts of what's happening there from yeah. a secret military perspective you know like i said they're 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 not part of the military these guys could because they're going by themselves yeah so they're not part of the american military they are maybe contractors at one point who are now taking it upon themselves because you can ukraine established a foreign legion essentially for people to volunteer and go and fight there yep. if you are so inclined you can go to your local embassy office there's one in seattle just it's really close to the stadiums down in the international you district that's where it's at sign the paperwork yep you can volunteer to go you will be subject to whatever classifications whatever questions they want when yeah. you go there you will not be able to bring your own weapon most likely you they will ain't have American, to be bro. no you will be fighting with the ukrainian military but if you are so inclined you know mm -hmm. there are there are lots of people fake ass motherfuckers you know send me right now i'll fucking go blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. go do it but if you are so inclined if 
the avenue exists for you to yeah. use a passport to go to Ukraine and assist in the military operations that are happening there under the foreign legions that they have established. Yeah. So, you know what's funny? It's like that uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. This oh, you can't really see it up there. Casablanca, Casablanca. right? There's a whole storyline about the main character in that. Rick um, owns Ricks. He ran guns in Ethiopia during the fighting down there during World War II. He ran guns for the Spanish, or the beginning of World War One for the Spanish during the Spanish Civil War. Like, the whole concept of a foreigner going to fight for, like, those. And, and you know, the opposite line at the time is, you know, he's talking about this. Yeah, isn't it always funny that you found yourself, like, on the, or I find myself on the side that was uh, losing or something like that? I right. can't remember the exact line. And I'm shaming myself for saying that now. It's like my favorite movie. But um, like that's happening right now. There are literally right now. A, there's not that many because it hasn't been around that long. But there's a few Americans over there right now actually fighting for Ukraine. Yes. Which is a very. I I respect the shit out of people that oh, would do fuck that. Yeah. The amount of work. Because it's not as easy as that dude's like, yeah, I'll go fucking fight. Like yeah. you said, there's a lot involved, man. These are governments agreeing to share their citizens so that one of their citizens can go fight in a in a war right like it's a it's an official deal that it's not just you get on a plane and go volunteer to fight that's not how no it is so much you more in depth will for that go to fight yes you are being rolled in to the ukrainian forces in a legion that they have of foreign fighters you will be given a select fire ak in most likely and be told to get the fuck out this there round is slightly done. different than what i'm used to yeah <laughs> So no, I I hundred percent agree. I don't as I used to have this week. I purchased, I purchased Ooh. on Amazon the season of a show called Surviving the Cut, and it's about different military inductee programs for like the Rangers and for the Green Berets and just mm -hmm. the shit that they have to go through to get into the program, you know. And at the time that it was made and the time that I watched it at first, and that's why I bought it, because I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, that's fucking inspirational. You know, they're, like, putting in work, and they're fucking going, and then I was watching it. Like, these guys fucking, these guys fought for a war that they didn't even understand and that I don't believe in, you know? And so the yeah. respect that I had for it the first time that I watched it, I didn't have it. That's and tough. And I'm yeah, not saying I don't tough. respect the military. I'm not going to qualify anything I'm saying. I don't feel like I need to explain myself. Yeah. I, the cause that the military stands for now is not what it used to be. And the respect I have for... I even was thinking on the way here as an un, unhappy, quote-unquote, right? Because I'm not unhappy with my life, but mm. in yeah, with the current station. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It was like, if it was a different time, I would just I would just join the Army or something, you know? But I so much don't believe in the military as it stands now. You don't even have the option. That I wouldn't do it. You know, yeah. I, would, I would not do it. But That's an option that's existed in America yeah. for so many generations. But unfortunately now, if you believe in the things that those people volunteered to fight for back then, like, right. you can't do that in today's world. I don't. And yeah. that's what I thought is, like, I don't. Because that's why you didn't I, become a cop, too. Because I... Do you know what I'm saying? Word. I don't believe it. Um, Got to run, guys. Thank Later. You, Lenny. Larry, it's been real. Lenny. Lenny. I'm always calling him Larry, so <laughs> now it's it. tradition. Back to it. <laughs> Thank you, Lenny. It was good having you. It's great yeah. to have you there, So Lenny. let's expand a little bit, talk about some economics, right? Yes. There's oil. There's things like this going on. So I'd say consequences of um, involvement with Russia. Yes. Right? So one thing that I want to talk about first that I didn't. I learned about yesterday, okay. and Zeke is going to wag his finger from Indiana at me for not knowing about this, right? That's right. Deservedly so, Zeke. Two years ago, there's an oil war that happens between Russia and Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. that 
no one knows about in America. You know? There was like a few. We re, we remember there were a few reports of um, explosions of oil plants and things like that, and everybody yeah. assumed it was like the Jews. So, it was not reported the way that it should have no. been in America because we were we were lied to. Oil prices dropped to literally negative. They, yeah. Like you were having to pay to sell your oil because Russia and Saudi Arabia were flooding the market yep. so insanely during COVID oh, when yeah. the demand was so low that they were paying money for it to try and see who was going to do it, right? I think Biden at the time was like, hey, guys, you need to like not – he was, I'm not saying no one mentioned it. Right. I'm saying that that's such a crazy, serious world event that the the idea that that didn't have the the main focus right. of corporate media yeah. coverage. If is I'm crazy like remembering little tidbits of it, I'm yes. going, you guys didn't do your job and yes. tell me how important this was. I read about it and I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yep. So I literally didn't know that this happened. Okay. Right? And that's I, that's on me, right? I'll own it. But the, the market was to the point that American refineries were going bankrupt. They couldn't afford to stay open. We had numerous American refineries that went bankrupt, right? Oh, so that, I feel like we're going to have to do a deep dive on this so one day. Part of the reason we are having to purchase so much Russian oil is because we literally don't have as many refineries as we did during Donald Trump. And that's, I'm, not blaming, that's, I'm not blaming Joe Biden. That's just a, a time comparison, right? That it was... In when Donald Trump came into office, we don't have as many refineries now as we did then because so mm. many went bankrupt during this Saudi-Russian oil war. They couldn't afford to stay open. Okay, so that I had. Yes. I had no idea. Because yes. instantly you go, why are we Why are we buying all this oil? Let's just get back to, let's get back to uh, the, the Canada, uh, Canada, America the Keystone pipeline. XL. Keystone pipeline. So the Keystone XL, like, we'll like, get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll get there, good. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. Yeah, this is first. Um, so <laughs> this is first. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot here, right? Mm -hmm. um, so at the same time, maybe it's on my phone. Um, at the mm. same time that all these refineries were closing, um, we also, when Joe Biden came into office, he also canceled all of the new drilling permits. That were there. So the drilling permits could no longer be done. And, and when Jen Psaki has been asked about the stoppage of oil purchases from Russia, that's been one of her responses is, excuse me, do the oil companies not have enough money to drill the current, um, the current permits that exist? And it seems to me from what I'm reading that they don't necessarily, and I'm, they do and they don't have the amount of money that requires to drill the existing permits, but the amount of purchasing that's happening from the United States to other countries doesn't seem to necessitate that, especially when the United States government and the Biden administration in particular has shown such disfavor towards oil and towards fossil fuels and is so intent on pushing towards green energy, it doesn't make sense for the oil companies to invest money in building entirely new rigs and entirely new operations if within the next five years they're going to have to be taken down. Yeah. So So that's part of why we're here. And what I was saying when you were in the bathroom is that when Jen Psaki is asked about America not buying Russian oil, 
part of her response is, oh, well, do the oil companies not have enough money to drill the current permits that exist? Because yeah. they paused all new permits when they came into office, Joe Biden. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. I don't, it doesn't seem like it makes fiscal sense for them to start entirely new mining operations or drilling operations if you're telling them within the next 10 years you're going to cut it off anyway. Yeah. Why would they invest the money? Especially now when they're not for a short period of time while Russia is in this predicament or while they're doing the, I don't predicament, I don't want to minimize anything, but while this is happening, gas prices are high or oil prices are high. Two years ago, they were negative. They don't have any reason to believe that they will maintain at $100 a barrel, over $100 a barrel. When this article, this is from the Atlanta Council, which is like a whole... The Atlantic Council? Yes. Yeah. So that's like a whole other thing, a whole other... That's a whole other conversation. That I fell down, <laughs> that I was like, no. what the fuck is this? Yeah, I got distracted. It was bad. I lost a whole evening of research to the to the Atlantic Council. I swore ooh, to God. Ooh. To, like, funding, and they have, like, a, a Eurasia Council. It was a whole deal. I got lost. It was not good. So, either way, March 26 of 2020, the Russian-Saudi oil war, $15 per barrel? That... That's what I'm saying. So two years ago, it was $15 a barrel. So that's the in the midst of the COVIDness. And even if, no, not even if, if we follow the logic of the Biden administration that oil companies are vicious and evil and all they want to do is mine for as much money as possible, yeah. then it doesn't make sense for them to start these new operations on the existing permits because you're going to make them destroy them in the next 10 years. Well, yeah. So following your logic, why would they, right? Thus puts us at least partially at this point of yeah. oil dependency on Russia and on other countries because yeah. second part, right, Keystone Pipeline. Yes. So the Keystone XL Pipeline was never actually operational. Check. Right? Only like 8% of it or whatever was yeah. actually done. There was Just so Just like the Nord Stream many, 2. Yes. There Pardon were so me. many protests and insanity around the Keystone XL pipeline that it was delayed to the point that even though it felt like it was being built for years, never really was only a really small portion of it yeah. actually was built. Yep. So there's a lot of Republicans that it's like weird, co not weird, I guess, but it's coded language where they're saying, well, if he wouldn't have canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, then we wouldn't be in this position, which makes mm -hmm. it sound like we were getting a large amount of our oil production from the Keystone XL pipeline, which is not mm -hmm. true. Which is not true. But you can... Speculation is involved. You Yes. You the, can speculate that you know. if the Keystone XL pipeline was completed, yes. then we would not be as dependent as we are on Russian oil at this point in time. Even though you can't even say that it would definitely be done by now if we mm -hmm. had followed through, because even Probably just off be. of the protests, people were dying. Like, shit, shit was bad on the Keystone XL protests. So... They yeah. might have touched on it slightly, maybe adjacently in Yellowstone. The show, um, <laughs> they yeah, I'm pretty sure. But that's that is a that's a thing that nobody I think really accounts for at this point is the speculation is is what is it's not even the actual price. No, I mean, it affects the price because people look at it and say, okay, in five years, you know, Keystone's going to be done, and X amount of volume is going to be flowing through this, that, and the other thing, and they take all these different downstream effects into account, and then they say, okay. And due to looking at that, looking at how much we think the price is going to be at that point in time, that's how much it's worth now. 
And it's this weird, and it happens on Wall Street all the time with different stocks and all this stuff. But that's essentially what we're talking about. The price of a consumable good traded between nations. And so we look at Nord Stream 2. And if Nord Stream 2 is going to come online, you know, we know for a fact that there's going to be a shit ton of oil flowing right into Germany. And it's going to affect the price this much because they're going to charge this much probably. But that they also have this kind of manipulation factor, right. blah, blah, blah. And then same with this and, and from Canada and all this. So it'll... So they ultimately will come down to a price. They speculate on what that's going to be. And our price per gallon at the pump right now is based off of speculation, not true cost. Right. And a lot of that, just the taxes that go with it, too, which is another aside. But yeah, so that's oil that's futures, the importance of those things. Oil, oil futures. futures is a whole industry of investing yeah. and like that. Yeah. You're betting on the future, bro. Yes. It's a weird deal. Also, so, yeah. so this whole point of, I don't want to say it's completely wrong, the Keystone XL thing, because there could be an element of truth to it yeah. um, if everything were to work out perfectly. There is no reason to believe that it would definitely be done by now, and we would definitely be getting oil yeah. flowing from Canada to now from the tar sands and all this shit. Have you seen how it, fast most government projects go? Yeah, like how fast yeah. like you know freeways get built and modified? Years and years and years and years and years and years. Yeah, it's possible, but I wouldn't bet on it. So yeah. if if that's something that you guys are saying, I've heard at work several times this week. If we just saw the Keystone, Keystone yeah. XL. And it was, I was never like, oh, yeah, totally. You know, I was like, yeah, it might mm -hmm. make sense, you know. And then after a little more research, I'm like, well, it doesn't really make that much sense. So, yeah. so if that's something that you're saying or something you're hearing be said a lot, you can tell someone. Maybe. Maybe. You, you might be right. It yeah. might, but there's, there's a there's a little bit of you know there's a grain of truth in there that might be yes. true, but it's only an aspect of it. Yes. So there's also the portion of just the refocus of the Biden administration, like I was saying, um, towards greener energies, even like natural gas and things like that. We get more of our energy from that than we do from coal and oil nowadays. So yeah, um, that's weird. There's just not our market anymore. We fucked ourselves out of that and. This is kind of what you get when you compromise your industry on something that you still depend on, mm -hmm. and you try and leverage that towards the future of sustainability or whatever you want to call it. You know, when you leverage your industry on the future, okay. this is what you get it, because you can't predict warfare, you can't nope. predict people, leaders from around the globe who might be losing it a little bit. You can't predict any of that, nope. you know. You can't predict when, say, you know, a new type of virus comes around and all of a sudden you can't, all imports into the nation are shut down for whatever reason and you can't make your own medicine. Like, you don't think about those types of things. Like, this is all, and I hate to say it, but it lends a bit of credence to the theory behind why Vladimir Putin is fighting the way he's he's fighting like this is because he doesn't... He would rather make that call for himself, not be bullied into it by a league of dumbass Western woke ass nations. You don't, if you right. don't think he sees us being all woke and shit, I mean, there's a reason we had that culture war between like, remember those Russian army commercials against our super woke, you know, happy, you know, and right. then the fucking FBI woke ass commercials and shit. If you don't think that he knows what we're up to and how we're thinking and how we're doing all this, I mean, hell, they've been manipulating it for decades. Through social media, obviously, we talked about that before. Like, we're a bunch of pansies, and he and and he thinks that his people aren't. 
there's de- there's definitely credence behind that. He doesn't want Russians to be that. Right. So it gets a little bit more credence because it's a bad situation when we can't, when we essentially are at economic war with somebody that we are reliant on for oil, for energy. Like, that's not a good spot, man. And because so much <clears throat> of Russia's economy relies on the globe as well, exporting Indeed. things to Zeke's point earlier, their economy is extremely fragile. So Vladimir Putin also knows what he has invested in this. And mm-hmm. it's it's a at this point, especially the further it goes, more make or break. Yeah. You've got to commit or turn around. And turn around doesn't seem like a very Putin thing to do. Especially you know? when more or less it's your personal money that's running it, not this ephemeral taxpayer right. debt. Now, this is his personal money, man. He, right. All the oligarchs, man, they all got say in what's going on. They're paying for this. Right. They're paying for it. And now I have this article that's from MSN. Um, the banks are stopping Putin from tapping a $630 billion war chest Russia stockpile before invading Ukraine. And this is what Lenny had actually touched on earlier. Um, Shout out Lenny again. Yeah, here, I'll send this article wow. to you so you can pull up. Oh, not paste. I love hanging out with Lenny on every other Saturday. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, did the new computer take a dive? No, oh, Jesus Christ, that's not what I wanted. (laughs) Your narration while you work navigate the computer, dude, is is worthy of a podcast all on its own. What can I say? Signal. (laughs) Colin. Yeet, yeet. Boom. Hot diggity daff down. Do it. There it is. B-dubs. Okay. This is the MSN article. Boom. Banks are stopping Putin from tapping the $630 billion war chest. Uh, starting at the beginning while Colin pulls it up, Russia's central bank has been stockpiling foreign reserves ever since Russia last invaded Ukraine when President Vladimir Putin annexed Crimea in 2014. Since then, Russia's holdings of foreign currency and gold have almost doubled, ballooning to $630 billion today from $368 billion seven years ago. Excuse me. Your brother said that he thought or was hearing that they were going to start a cryptocurrency, them in China, mm-hmm. a gold-backed cryptocurrency. So we'll see about that. Um, yeah, they, they, there's not going to be enough control. On Monday, them. the U.S., Japan, and European Union barred Russia's central bank from tapping into the billions of foreign reserves Moscow had saved up in their banks. As Russian forces unleash their assault on Kiev and other Ukrainian cities, we are resolved to continue imposing costs on Russia that will further isolate Russia from the international financing system and our, our economies. The leaders of the Allied economy said in a joint statement announcing the accounts freeze on February 26th. So, so the goal... We talked last week or mm-hmm. last episode about the way they're going to fund themselves a little bit. Yes. Right? So they're supposedly stopping them from tapping into this money. I think they're probably going to find a way to, to get some of this money. And at the same time, we talked about there, India and China have already come out. China's, the, China's their largest trading partner, to my understanding, yep. said... We will continue to have economic ties with them. We will continue to operate on a normal basis. We're not going to change anything. Fuck you guys. You know, we don't agree with uh, the invasion of Ukraine, but we also don't agree with America involving itself in all of the stuff and the things around the globe. And so we're just going to do our own thing over here. And at the same time, I just got this notification. MasterCard and Visa suspended operations in Russia after the invasion. Yes. You can no longer use your Visa or MasterCard. Can we take one second on a new world order? Told, okay. right and we don't even is. need to expand on it expand on it too bad mm-hmm. but to just note for everyone to 
take note of how simple it seems to be to cancel your ability to purchase anything at any point in time with electronic money. Um, Super weird, man. If you live in Russia, you, as of four days ago, you could no longer use Netflix or Spotify or Disney Plus or any of these things that you purchased. Facebook. Nothing. It was all gone. Your media has been taken off of Reddit. It's been taken off of Facebook, right? Meta, you know? Now we're talking about your debit cards. You cannot use your debit card. You cannot use your credit card. I am not placing a policy statement either way on Russia or these financial decisions. I am pointing out to you and asking you to not forget that someone who you don't know has the ability to turn off your power to purchase anything. Your power to get money. Your power to do anything within the currently existing financial system. Someone else currently has the power to turn that off right now. Mm -hmm. And not to say that Russia doesn't have that control over their own citizens, but what would make you think, knowing that uh, that's happening to them now, why would that make them want to fight for a system that is capable of doing that to them? Like that's that's why I keep saying, man, this this one's complicated, dude. Like that that's not right. But here we are. I don't know if I want to go off on authoritarianism tilt right now, but because it's not what it's about. But I mean, you could get it. That's not cool. Like I understand. Yeah, that's awesome. It can end wars. Sure, maybe cut off the money supply, besiege them economically. You know, mind you, there's always going to be a black market for everything, including everything a government needs to operate. They can go to China or, or they can go th- to North Korea North Con- and China can go through North Korea and boom, Russia's funded and North Korea gets a shit ton of money on top of that. Look at that. That could happen. Which they would invite at any time. Why would they not? Ch- China and North Korea. The, what is, isn't China North Korea's only trading partner? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, maybe Russia. I don't know. But, like, why not? Let's just funnel that shit through there. North Korea gets better and yeah. more stronger, and Russia gets everything it needs. It gets an endless flow of American cash that goes to China. Like, it's it's totally possible. We are then actively oh. funding the opposition to the war that we are fighting. We are funding both yeah. sides of a war when that happens. Yeah, because at that point, then... and then when Which you, is what's happening right now. It is. China just admitted that. Yeah, that we are... We are still trading with China. We're still giving Russia money for oil because we have, and, I'm, and like, <laughs> like you said, like you said, right? At this point in time, we don't have the ability to just stop purchasing oil from Russia. Nope. It would increase prices to ridiculous amounts as far as gasoline goes for cars, all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. We couldn't do it, right? We don't have the ability. I was going to talk a lot of shit about Jen Psaki earlier for saying that type of stuff. It is true. It doesn't sound good. And no. it's. It doesn't sound good because it doesn't need to be this way. We've leveraged ourselves to a position that we now don't have the ability to control our own energy future like we did under Donald Trump. Yep. Right? During Donald Trump, whether it's – you can kind of run the statistics either some ways or different ways. Mm-hmm. We were net exporters during Donald Trump because we focused more on fossil fuels and natural gas and less on green energy. Yes. We were exporting energy at that point, net exporters of energy. Yep. Right? For the first time ever. 
for the first time ever, that did happen under Donald Trump, right? Yeah. It was a continuation of a trend from Obama, like many things during Donald Trump, but that did happen. Yeah. That is true, right? After that, the administration changed to the point that we don't even have the ability to be energy independent anymore. We don't, it's no longer an option, yeah. you know? So at this point in time, we don't have a choice, but... And that's not... the administration is also unwilling to admit that they are the reason that we don't have a choice. Yeah. And just to kind of kind of hammer that point home, right? We're just then that's just we can't afford to lose Russia because of the energy aspect of it. Now, when you when you think about what's gonna happen when Russia needs funding and they go through China and we buy everything from China, next thing you know, we're gonna be at war with China. I mean, the reliance we have on Russia is exponentially smaller than the reliance we have on China. Like, if we didn't have China, literally America would fall apart. If we could not right. do trade with China, there is no America tomorrow. That's, it's all, I mean, there's fucking chaos, man. It is bad. So that's... And that... and. Like I said, this is just Russia. This is just the Russian aspect, which is scary. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. When you when you, when you look at it in those terms, it's it's kind of kind of makes you want to like drill, baby, drill, or like for me, I'd rather just develop nuclear. I I don't want yes. drill, baby, drill. You know. No, I would rather take all this. The one of let's talk about this real quick, and then if you have mm -hmm. anything else to hit on this, then we'll do that. Okay. But then we can, I think we can hit the break after this. So, mm. there's one of the things that Joe Biden hit on in the State of the Union, right? Was about um, oh, and a he, throwback, and he to, talks to two out of four. consistently about is money to subsidize the production of charging plants, right? Like just places where you can stop to charge your electric vehicle. Oh, charging right? stations, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But like a fuckload of them, like mm -hmm. a lot. You know, mm -hmm. and one point that I one thing that I heard that we, made me think a lot about that. We have an initiative in our state for yes. that, by the way, which I is weird tell you because about about we don't subsidize the production of new gas stations. No, no, I don't think we have we ever. No. So when can confirm when the industry is created, for what reason, if the demand is there, why do we need to subsidize the supply if the demand exists? And you want to know the even funnier part about that? Is the the supply that we that we are subsidizing? It's all European made. It comes from a <laughs> yes. It's an international purchase because apparently we fucking hate Tesla. We 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 want to talk about electric Word. cars, but not mention Tesla uh, at I all. Know. We want to talk about job creation, but not mention Tesla uh -huh. at all. Like right? yeah, you go to the grocery store, bro, and and you see the few charging stations that were put in because you get tax credits. You get there's incentives yes. on the legal side of development. I, the funniest thing in the world, I just built a gas station, right? I helped build a gas station um, that has electronic charging stations at it. Uh, mind you, they're not there yet because the back order is literally... Oh, I'm sure. It's Europe. Europe's going to war right now. They have other important things to do than import electronic gas station or chargers to here. But all the ones around here are generic. None of them are Tesla. It's fucked up that... Even with that government money being subsidized, you get the tax break, right? That's that's money the government isn't getting. They're losing out on. Because, right. And then they 
they also don't get to support an American company like Tesla and the American economy. No, it's all overseas, bro. Like that's not a good situation. And where I bet if you if you paid Elon Musk to do it, he would have multiple attachments at the stand. So no matter who, what kind of even if you didn't have a mm-hmm. Tesla, you could still charge it there mm-hmm. because he don't give a fuck. He's getting the government money. Yeah. And you tell me for a second that they would not be cheaper if we bought them from oh, a fucking sure. gigafactory in got in fucking Texas, Texas. Yeah. Right? Or the the one in California. I don't know where they got plants, man. Or like over in Germany, whatever. I don't care. But weird. like there's none of those around. It's weird. Yeah, the subsidization of the electronic charging station seems very odd to me because we're subsidizing European countries. We're like European oh. companies, you know. Wait, 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 wait. Almost as if there's this giant new world order where certain things are handled by certain people. Otherwise, there's going to be problems like, I don't know. It's kind of like uh, mafia systems of protection yeah. and things like that and extortion, you know. Almost like the EU's extorting us to buy electronic vehicle charging stations with them. And, oh, I, I, I don't want to go off on this tangent. So I'm going to end that. The ele- it is super weird that that was part of that speech. And we're, oh, all that means is we're paying for them. There's more money yeah. subsidized. So I actually almost kind of forgot what the point of that question was. Sorry, I just went off about no, fucking no, charging no, no. stations, no, that man. that was perfect. That was perfect. <sighs> it was just about the subsidization of charging points. I just don't yeah, understand yeah, yeah. why That's, yeah, that, okay. was, that was the point. It's a well, fucking thing, and it drives me nuts. It. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's that we don't subsidize gas stations. I don't know why. No, man. Especially if now Joe Biden is declaring himself yeah. a capitalist. You know, I'm a capitalist. I just believe in competition, but not American competition, global competition, and really specifically within European countries, and not so much in America. That would be my preference, would be not in America. Right. I think we're ending this segment. I think we've run out. So I want to end it on this weird, hilarious thing. Joe Biden, I have a theory now. Okay. Joe Biden. um, Because what that is, right, is this weird reliance on this, like, international deals and all this stuff. You know, but he calls himself a capitalist. Well, Joe Biden comes from where? Comes from Delaware. Delaware. What is what is the largest industry in Delaware? Corp being a corporation. Yes. Right. You go there for the tax Housing breaks. Housing businesses. In indeed. Now being an address. So like, <laughs> so living in Delaware, thinking that true good capitalism is corporatism. Now he is in government, and he is in power, and he thinks of world powers as companies that essentially act like corporations right. buying and selling little pieces of each other making fucking lethal deals with each other all this stuff world one world government that's that's what putin sees and that's what he's scared of biden yeah but isn't it funny well biden's just a piece of it but, but isn't it funny that oh that's what, okay no i got yeah. you. that's what putin sees isn't that's it funny though that that's how Joe Biden is running the country, but Donald, but Donald Trump couldn't be president because he's going to run it like a business. He's a business and America's not a business. That's right. But isn't that funny? <laughs> well, and it is. It's fucking hilarious. That's awesome. Because there's a fundamental difference between business and being a corporation. Ooh. You could word. be a business okay. and not a corporation, yes. but you can't be a corporation without being a business. Okay. Look at you. Word. Look at that. So on that note. Yep, I want to thank you guys. Make sure we're going to take this final break here. We're going to, when we come back, we're going to be gone for three minutes. Three minutes. When we come back, we're going to be here for the final segment. We're going to be a little grab bag segment going on. It's a big discussion. This is a long one, mm-hmm. but it's this is a very important topic. Yeah, yeah Ukraine, Russia. It was um, like it was going to happen. Exactly. So, um, I don't know that I, I didn't even mention in the beginning of the show that these were going to be released separately. 
Oh, shit. Just that we were going to be doing it differently. Damn, I'm going to have to so. cut this clip first now. <laughs> That's okay. You know we'll what? Do, we'll, we'll, we'll do it in the intro of the next one, and then I can cut that and throw it at the, like, as a re- primer. It's fine. We can record a segment at the we end could. and just put that at the beginning of the first, you know? We can totally do that. You can even put in the beginning of all four this week just mm-hmm. so everyone knows what's good. But um, Yeah, we did take a few takes on a promo last yeah, episode. Exactly. So, you, so know, you guys will be seeing are, that yeah. in the next few days. But I want to thank everyone again for watching us. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and share this. Excuse me. We'll be back in three minutes for the fourth segment. You can watch us here on our YouTube.com slash Salt of Treats. We also have our Instagram.com slash, excuse me, some of these fucking beers. Yeah, all right. Slash Salt of the Streets. <laughs> Facebook, fuck Facebook.com slash Salt of the Streets. It's not fuck Facebook.com. It's Facebook.com slash Salt of the Streets. But also fuck Facebook. But also fuck Facebook. Yeah, you can find all this on our website, saltofthestreets.com, including our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Hockey on both of those things. Patreon.com slash all the streets. That's it. Go there, become a patron. We'll be back in three minutes. Welcome to the salt of the streets. Coming at you every week with this food for thought.